Hi there, and welcome to the Dutch Guide to Healthy Living. I'm Jillian. In this podcast, we explore the way of life in the Netherlands. What makes the Dutch one of the healthiest groups of people in the entire world? What can we learn from them? And what could they still improve? To dive into all these complex questions, we combine the experiences of immigrants with knowledge from experts in the field. All with the goal of piecing together the healthy aspects of Dutch life, from diet to the healthcare system to work-life balance and more. Along the way, we'll give you some tips about how you can live healthier wherever you are in the world. Today on the show, we're talking about overweight and obesity in the Netherlands, as well as how it has impacted the stride against the coronavirus. I spoke with Dr. Karen Fryers, a nutritionist and the general manager of a group called Partnership for Overweight Netherlands. Karen takes us through the Dutch approach to overweight and obesity and explains how her organization and many others in the Netherlands have pushed for more action and policy around healthy lifestyle throughout the coronavirus pandemic. Of course, you'll hear from the Dutchometer, Marijn Suters, and at the end of the show, we'll give you some tips about how to stay healthy wherever you are in the world. Let's jump into it. So, what is the extent of the problem in the Netherlands? Here's Karen. In the Netherlands, we already have more than 50% of the inhabitants who are suffering from overweight and 15% suffering from obesity. And when we're not doing anything, it's going to increase. More than 50% overweight is a lot, and you can hear Karen's concern about these numbers. But what strikes me is that relative to many countries around the world, the Netherlands is actually doing quite good. To put it in perspective, the United States has surpassed 40% obesity and 70% overweight in 2020. Other OECD countries also face high levels of obesity. For example, in New Zealand, there is about 32% obesity. And looking at Europe, the Netherlands fares better than all but four countries, Sweden, Norway, Switzerland, and Italy, who all fall around the 10 to 12 obesity rates. So my question for Karen was, if it's going relatively well in the Netherlands, why is it still such an important topic for Dutch policymakers? Well, the... Platform we are having, the platform Obese uh, Overweight Netherlands, um, has started already in 2008. So it's a long way back, already 10, no, already 12 years now. And already then we saw that the problem of overweight is increasing. And we have now, as said, fifth, more than 50% of the inhabitants suffering from overweight. So when we are not doing anything about that, it will result eventually in obesity. So we want to stop the figure, okay, it's now comparing to other countries, okay. But yeah, we want to stop it and already bring it back. And it's it's alarming. The alarm bells have rung. I love this. Karen is saying that they want to tackle the problem before it becomes an even bigger problem. When we're talking about overweight and obesity, this is so important because it's so difficult to decrease the numbers once they're already there. On an individual level, we know how hard it is to lose a few kilos. And it's the same at a societal level. So let's take one step back to understand why we care about this in the first place. What are the dangers associated with overweight and obesity? Here's Karen again. When you're having overweight, you have also a big chance of getting more complications such as diabetes 
and problems with your heart, heart diseases, and I think more than 13 kind of oncology diseases. So in 2008, the Partnership for Overweight Netherlands started to find ways to tackle this complex problem. They started with guidelines for professionals in dealing with overweight. But Karen says that the adoption of guidelines has not been entirely smooth. As you might remember from the episode on the Dutch healthcare system, the GPs are the first line of care in the Netherlands. If you have a medical concern, you have to go see your GP first. But Karen says that many GPs still see overweight and obesity as a comorbidity, not as a problem in itself, and not as the root cause of other problems. Here's an example. So when a person is coming into the practice and they have a knee ache or whatever, it's very difficult for them, not all, but for a lot of the GPs, to not give a medication right away for the pain, but to really understand why does someone having that pain, that ache in the knee? And when a person is having overweight, well, you can imagine it's a lot of burden for all the yeah, extremities, the, the knees and so on. So yeah, when you are only then treating the ache in the knee and not treating the underlying cause overweight, it, it will never stop. So Karen and her team are now working to make sure the care is effectively coordinated and that the right health professionals are providing the necessary care through a network approach. We are stating who is doing what, when, why, and uh, how can you do that? So that also the professionals in the healthcare are not doing things that they are not educated for. Because we see that now also in the area, that lifestyle huh, is, is very hot. Yeah, there are some people who think they know what they are talking about, such as nutrition. But we know nutrition is very difficult, and it is also a profession for which you have, have to have an education of at least four years. And it's not a hobby. You cannot read a chapter and you know all about nutrition. So that's why we want to make a chart that the GP is there for this and this. When there's something wrong uh, with a medical cause in, I don't know, a movement or whatever, you have to follow it through and you have to uh, send the patient, guide the patient to the next door, or that is the right door to get the right advice. And that's also what we see now a problem, what is a little bit yeah, not clear enough in the healthcare and also in the social domain. We have to also connect with the social domain so that the healthcare and the health domain is working together with the social domain. But the reality is the problem is complex and multifaceted. And as Karen points out, health professionals and others can take the wrong approach resulting in people not getting the care they need. For example, Karen says it's vital to understand the underlying reasons to weight gain or obesity. We now have some text on our website, but it's in Dutch still, that there are, uh, there's a definition of six probable causes of overweight and obesity in the medical domain. And you can think about also using a lot of medication. A lot of medication is having 
as a side effect that you become overweight. Several published articles available on the website outline how misunderstanding the underlying causes of overweight and obesity has caused social stigmas. For example, people tend to think that overweight is made up of two factors, dietary composition and reduced physical activity. Yet there are many potential underlying causes, such as genetics, medication use, diseases affecting hormones, sleep disorders, to name a few. So part one is to make sure people get the right care and healthcare professionals are educated to be giving that care. But another huge part of the puzzle is dealing with the environment. Yeah, what can you do in the surroundings of people? When we see something about the food in the supermarket, we know as nutritionists and probably a lot of people know that it's not healthy, but it's cheap. And you see it right away when you enter the supermarket. Okay, now it has changed already a little bit that some supermarket starts with uh, the vegetables and the fruit department. But still, all the rubbish you can find, it's very easy to buy them. We've talked quite a bit about supermarket environments in episode 6 on choice stress. And we'll come back to the idea of so-called obesogenic environments in another episode. But for now, the Partnership for Overweight Netherlands is working to help create a less obesogenic environment alongside their coordinated approach to care. But as we all know, the world got a massive wake-up call in 2020, the coronavirus pandemic. Early studies about the virus started revealing that overweight and obesity were correlated with more severe COVID cases. And the Partnership for Overweight Netherlands was quick to react. Karen explains. So our uh, president of our POM, eh, the Partnership for Overweight Netherlands, is yeah, Lisbeth van Rossum. And she was the initiative taker of uh, doing something to get more awareness on what people can do themselves in the, the corona time. Um, she is also taking care of patients who are suffering from corona. And we all know, we saw that on the intensive care, 77% of the people who are lying there are suffering from overweight or obesity. So she, she is an interna, internist and uh, also endocrinologue. So she knows what's why that is the problem it's because of the fat around the belly so in the belly area because when there is already the fat we know that it's also within the cells and around the organs and that's really a problem and the fat that is situated over there it is an organ itself so the yeah the body of that person is in the situation of inflammation already. I just want to jump in here that if you're confused about the idea of fat being an organ, we're going to get into this two weeks from now with Dr. Marietta Bone. But for now, suffice it to say that excess fat around the organs is causing people's body to be in a state of inflammation and reducing their immune response. And that's meaning then when there is a real virus coming into that, bo that body, that the system is not able to take care of it because it's already on the stretch. So we want to tell the government people can do something themselves. So with lifestyle, you can improve your immune system. But Karen is quick to point out not to panic if you have a few extra kilos around your waist. 
please, when you're having or when you are overweight or having obesity, don't start a crash diet. Don't go and panic and that you want to lose, I don't know, 10 kilos in, in, in a month. That's not good because your whole system in your body is going dead. So then your immune system is even less. So that's also what we want to state. So it's very, we have to be careful in what we are saying. Let's check in with our Dutchometer just to get his take on the coronavirus situation and the Dutch approach. Welcome, Dutchometer. Hello. So do you have any initial thoughts about coronavirus and lifestyle? It all seems so logical. How do you mean? If you don't have a healthy lifestyle, don't you already, like, feel less healthy? Aren't you already less able to climb stairs or run for the bus or carry heavy groceries home than if you were to catch a cold? Wouldn't you feel worse with that? And I mean, I'm not a doctor or a virologist, so I really shouldn't put <laughs> put too much of a of a statement out there, but it seems so logical that if you are not healthy, if you don't have a healthy lifestyle, um, that you would be more susceptible to get Corona, COVID, or uh, to be sicker from it. Okay, but there's a couple of things with what you're saying. Okay. One is that uh, it may seem logical, but it's not always easy to bring to fruition in a couple of ways. So. It gets, on the one hand, sort of ignored by policymakers or by people who are reacting to acute situations. And on the other hand, then we put all the pressure on the individual to make changes when we know that people struggle to create healthy lifestyles within an unhealthy environment. Yeah, and there is another thing with what I'm saying, and that is that as a layman, I'm I'm basically saying like, oh, but it's so logical, whereas, no, we need science first to prove this, because it might be logical, but it's good that we have science that actually did this research and that came to the conclusion that there is a, a relation or a correlation uh, between those things. Like, there's probably too many people giving opinions anyway. And the first thing that I did when you asked me something was like, well, isn't that logical? <laughs> so from a Dutch perspective, how do you think that this fits into how Dutch people sort of approach dealing with illness? The main thing I think is that we try to deal with illness before it's there. And we do a lot of what do you call that, preventive or preventative um, approach? Is it, are you able to prevent corona more than just having a vaccine? But also, what happens if you are healthier when you have it? Like, it's a different thing because we don't have time right now to prevent corona as it is there. So we, like, we can't all lose uh, five kilos within the next two or three months. Use it as another motivation for people to say, okay, I'm just going to try to get healthy and I'm going to walk every morning and in the afternoon for a little bit. Like just those easy steps. You don't immediately have to do 20 hours in a gym every week, but just move and breathe fresh air and maybe eat a little bit less and drink more water and like do those things 
just to feel better and be less susceptible to illnesses. I love that you just named all of the things that Karen was naming as her tips or that you'll hear coming up next. Oh, that's funny because I haven't heard that yet. <laughs> exactly. So, but I think that those are, yeah, those are the, the general tips that are given well, for healthy lifestyle, but also for the kind of healthy lifestyle against Corona. And just to point out that, like what you said, you don't want to go and do anything extreme because, um, as Karen also says, this that can have more damage on your immune system. So no crash dieting and no panicking and no those kinds of things, but just taking the small steps to have a healthier lifestyle. Yeah, maybe like try to notice the little things that happen if you feel more clear-headed or something because you drank or if you feel fresher like for example drink drink more water yeah what did i say <laughs> drink more oh no yeah water you usually don't feel clearer when you drink more of the other stuff no like it's it's these little tiny things like for example you and i are coffee addicts and since recently at least we started adding tea to our breakfast menu and we're sitting opposite the breakfast table of each other because we like having actual breakfast instead of doing that like on the go or something and we're like it feels good and fresh and kind of it almost feels healthy to have another like non-caffeine based beverage to your breakfast if you notice that like your body is so smart your body can tell you what is happening and then i don't mean that voice of your body saying i want fat and salt and sugar right now i mean the the, the how you feel after you've consumed ex yeah exactly products. Yeah, yeah you can you can almost feel your body like how do you say that oozing a sigh of relief like oh that was good yeah that was a cup of tea in the morning so maybe you would have to do that more often yeah i think there's one important thing to add though and that is that all of these results, all of the research, it gives you an average. It's not an individual result. It doesn't mean that if you are healthier, then you will not get corona. Or if you are healthier, you cannot get sick of it. It also doesn't mean that if you are not healthy, you will immediately have uh, severe. Have severe. Like it's on average. So it goes for us as a whole group. Of course, you know that one person who was super healthy but then got something and got really sick of it. Of course that happens, but on average, if we all live healthier, we all live healthier. Like it's, it's logical. Okay, so what are a few things you can do, regardless of your weight, to be as healthy as possible? Well, a healthy lifestyle, that is, that is the most important thing. And what is a healthy lifestyle? Well, that's the advice to have a walk for 20 minutes a day. Walking is already good. And 20 minutes is already taken care of it. Then there is already influence for the immune system. Nutrition. It's a very important thing. For sure, one can have a cake or biscuit or whatever once a week or sometimes. But please go to the fooding center, foodingcentrum.nl and see what healthy food is about. And it's not always more expensive than I call it a rubbish food in the supermarket. And there are also tips and tricks how you can take care of a good meal for a person who is not having a lot of money. 
that's the second one. The third thing is, yeah, it's very difficult to avoid stress. For this time around, it's hell. So for stress, it's very important that you get enough sleep. And also that can be a very difficult time because I know that people are having a lot of troubles and worries and so on. Although when you don't want to get problems with your health, seven hours a night is very important. And those are the most important things for a healthy lifestyle. And sure, alcohol usage, um, smoking, so people know that, that it's not good for you. So when you want to have a glass of wine, please do it then at max, yeah, once, one glass a day. Better to just one glass in the weekend, but okay, I know it's difficult. So stick then at max one a day and drink a lot of water next to that. And that are the really basic things that you can take care of to optimize your own immune system. And when, again, when you are having already some overweight or when you are having suffering from obesity, please go to a dietitian. They can help you to take care of what you have to do. But please remember that it's tough. And especially for those who are suffering already from that problem. Because once you're in it, it's so difficult. And also the stigma eh, that people always think it's your own fault because don't eat as much as you do. It's not always the case. A lot of people have a genetic form or the medication use or when they had, when they diet a lot, then the whole metabolism is on, on, yeah, on very little flame. So there are not burning the calories they're taking in. And it's all because of the dieting. We're going to come back to the topic of overweight in two weeks with Marietta Bone. We'll discuss the negative effects of fat shaming and how to help people and professionals to better deal with overweight. For now, like Karen said, try to implement some of the small healthy changes to your lifestyle. But please don't crash diet. And if you have any concerns, please talk with your GP. For more information, visit the show notes. I've included links to the Dutch websites mentioned. And for non-Dutch speakers, give it a try using a translation widget. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please help us to continue to grow by sharing the podcast with someone you think would enjoy it. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. It really helps. A big thanks again to Karen for being on the show. And of course, to Marijn for his contributions. And to my brother, Teddy, for composing the music. See you next time.